0: part three chapter four of war and peace by leo tolstoy translated by nathan haskell doyle this LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by marianne chapter four prince andrei reached petersburg in august eighteen o nine this was the time when the young speransky was at the apogee of his glory and zeal for the reforms which he had undertaken the same month of august the emperor while out riding in his calash was upset and hurt his leg and during the three weeks that he was confined to Peterhof, he would see no one but Speransky. It was during this time that two ukazas, or rescripts, of extreme importance and almost alarming to society, were prepared. The one was in regard to the doing away of court chin, or rank, and the other in regard to the passing of examinations for the rank of collegiate assessor and counselor of state. The scheme also provided for a complete imperial constitution, destined to revolutionize the existing departments of justice administration and finance from the council of state even down to the tribunals of the volus and cantons throughout the empire now began to materialize and take shape those vague liberal dreams with which the emperor alexander had mounted the throne and which he had vainly endeavoured to bring about with the aid of his assistants sotoriskiy Novosiltskoff, kocheby and stroganoff whom he in jest called le comte de salut public the committee of public safety at this time speransky was the general representative for civil affairs and rakchev for all things connected with the military prince andrei immediately after his arrival appeared at court and at his majesty's levee in his capacity as chamberlain the sovereign twice on meeting him did not vouchsafe him a single word prince andrei had always before felt that the sovereign did not approve of him that his face and general appearance did not please his majesty. By the cold look of disfavor which the sovereign gave him, Prince Andrei was still more confirmed in his former supposition. The courtiers explained to Prince Andrei that the emperor's neglect of him was due to his majesty's displeasure at Bolkonsky leaving the service in 1805. "'I know very well how little control we have over our likes and dislikes,' said Prince Andrei to himself. "'And—' Therefore, there is no use in thinking of personally presenting to His Majesty, the Emperor, my memorandum on the military code. But I must let its merits speak for themselves. He mentioned his work to an old field-marshal, a friend of his father's. The field-marshal gave him an appointment, received him more than courteously, and promised to lay the matter before the sovereign. Several days later, Prince Andrei was notified to present himself before the Minister of War, Count Erekchieff at ten o'clock on the morning of the day set prince andrei went to count arekcheieff's prince andrei did not know the minister of war personally and had never seen him but from all that he had ever heard of him he was disposed to hold this man in very slight esteem he is minister of war the confidant of his majesty the emperor no one need concern himself with his personal characteristics it is his business to examine my memorandum moreover he is the only person who can put it into execution said prince andrei to himself as he sat with a number of other visitors of more or less note waiting in count arachyev's reception room prince andrei during the period of his military service which most of the time had been in the quality of adjutant had seen many receptions given by notabilities and he had always been interested in studying the various characteristics of those who were present at count arachyev's the character of the reception was entirely different from anything that he had ever seen the faces of the less notable individuals who were waiting their turn for an audience with count arakcheyev wore an expression of shame and humility those of higher rank gave a general impression of awkwardness vainly hidden under a mask of ease and ironical derision of themselves their position and those who were likewise waiting some walked pensively back and forth some whispered and laughed together and prince andrei overheard the sobriquet sile andreitch andreitch the strong and the expression Dayadya zadast uncle Push, applied to the count one general a man of note was evidently annoyed because he was kept waiting and sat with his legs crossed smiling sarcastically at himself but whenever the door opened all faces expressed one and the same sentiment fear prince andrei for a second time asked the officer on duty to take in his name but he received a scornful impertinent stare and was told that he would be summoned when it was his turn After several individuals had been escorted in and out of the war minister's cabinet, an officer, whose frightened and humiliated face had already struck Prince André, was admitted into the dreaded audience chamber. This officer's audience lasted a long time. Suddenly the bellowing of a disagreeable voice was heard on the other side of the door, and the officer, as pale as a sheet and with trembling lips, came out, and clasping his head with his hands, hastened through the reception room. Immediately after this, Prince Andrei was ushered into the audience chamber, and the officer on duty whispered, to the right, next the window. Prince Andrei went in the meanly furnished cabinet and saw, sitting by a table, a man of forty years of age, with a long waist and a peculiarly long head. The hair was closely cropped, the face was covered with deep wrinkles, the brows were contracted over grayish-green, heavy-looking eyes and a drooping nose. Arakcheev turned his eyes toward the newcomer without looking at him what was it you wanted asked the count i have nothing to ask for your illustriousness replied prince andrei gently Arakcheev's eyes fastened on him sit down said arakcheyev prince bolkonsky i have nothing to ask for but his majesty the emperor deigned to put into your hands my memorandum your illustriousness "'Please give me your attention, my dear sir. I have read your memorandum,' interrupted Arakcheyev, speaking the first words with a certain courtesy. Then again, staring into his face and assuming more and more of a querulous and scornful tone, he went on. "'You propose new regulations for the army. Plenty of regulations now. No one fulfills the old ones. Nowadays everybody's writing new regulations. It's easier to write em than to carry them out.' i have come at his majesty the emperor's request to learn what you propose to do with my memorandum asked prince andrei respectfully i have endorsed my decision upon your memorandum and sent it to the committee i do not approve of it said arakcheev getting up and getting a slip of paper from his writing-table here he handed it to prince andrei across the paper these words were written in pencil without capitals or punctuation marks and ill spelt without basis in common sense, as it is only an imitation of the French military code, and no need of changing our own articles of war. "'To what committee has my memorandum been given?' inquired Prince André. "'To the Committee on the Revision of the Military Code, and I have added your nobility to the list, but without salary.' Prince André smiled. "'I should wish no salary.' An honorary member without salary reiterated Rakcheyev. I have the honor of—' Hey there, come in. Who's next?' he shouted, bowing to Prince Andrei. End of chapter 4